Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. Very excited to bring you this episode today. For the first time, we have a repeat guest. But not only do we have a repeat guest, we have we have an additional guest along with him because he's been so successful. He's now adding staff. This is uh, we have John Stastny from Wonton Johns and Joe Pyatt uh, as well. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank Glad you so much back. for having us. Very excited. Okay, real real quick, can you just introduce yourself just so we know whose voice is whose throughout the episode? Yeah, this is John Wonton Johns, and I am Joe Joe Pyatt. All right, so there we go. Now now we know who's who. Um, John, we had you on once before, uh, back April 2nd, actually. So that was like right as pandemic stuff was kind of hitting yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple months ago. Um, I, I would like to hope that most listeners have listened to that episode, but just in case they haven't or they're unfamiliar with the concept behind Wonton Johns, can you just give me like, you know, the one minute pitch on kind of what the what the idea behind the food truck is, what you guys serve. Yeah, so we serve everything in an open-faced wonton shell that we actually bake. So nothing we have is fried. Mm -hmm. A lot of people assume um, automatically that they're fried since wontons are traditionally fried. But we actually bake the shells, and we've got – so, like, our original shell is a sea salt uh, shell, and we've got uh, an everything bagel seasoned shell uh, as well as a ranch shell. We've done most recently a corn nut and mm-hmm. ch- chili lime shell. Um, and we've done like Parmesan garlic. So we can do a lot of different things. So you get, you get a lot of variety from our truck. We've got cheeseburger wontons. We've got pulled pork wontons, crab rangoon. We've got uh, poke, so like a sushi wonton essentially. And um, yeah, we've got all kinds of stuff. You can get a huge variety and try different things. You can mix and match. Everything's about a one and a half to two ounce portion. So um, you get about a half pound with an order of four, which is what we typically recommend. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the beauty of it. I think there's like there's so much variety in what you guys offer that you can get, you know, four or five different wontons and have very different flavor experiences. Like it's definitely there's no, you know, it's not just a flat flavor throughout. There's right. a lot of variety there, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, now, Joe, when John came on last time, you were not a part of this venture yet, but you are now. So I, let's introduce you to the audience here. Kind of just tell me about your cooking background and, and how you kind of came on the wonton John scene. Uh, we, be, we became friends just from uh, mutual people that we knew throughout our lives. And we always happened to kind of gravitate towards each other due to the love of food. Mm-hmm. And uh, he always kept in contact about things because he was always a great cook. And I've been in hotels most of my life and kind of the high end, uh, high volume uh, places. And then obviously COVID hit and he kept in contact and he kept, he kept making business happen. He kept having opportunities and I just liked what he was doing. So I was fortunate enough to keep in contact with him and now I can be with him full time and really help him focus and kind of do the thing. But we've had a, been with him for a full week and it's been very exciting so far. (laughs) So, you know, you mentioned you come from a very different background than this. Was there any part of you that was like, okay, I'm making just such a huge shift here. This is kind of crazy going from like fine dining, giant events to food truck. Yes. It's, it's been a lot different, but obviously I worked in uh, kitchens that had six and seven walk-ins and now I can, now I have a very quaint line I work on and uh, it's a whole different experience. It's actually really challenged me. I thought I thought I was a really good line cook until you get your butt kicked on a food <laughs> truck and you see hundred orders in front of your mind starts spinning. So uh, it's been, it's been really fun. It's definitely been a transition, but uh, I feel it only makes me stronger and he has high expectations, which I love working for. And that's what actually really excites me. 
is that the, the level of expectation he holds. So for those that haven't ever worked on a line before, you know, you mentioned there, there are new challenges that you haven't experienced. What are those? Well, you know, typically I can call down to my salad guy, hey, I need a BLT, extra, extra B. Uh, this one's pretty much all you. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if your garden station is buried, you're pretty much uh, in the corner making sure everything's getting out, and obviously quality's number one. So it's uh, it's definitely a challenge. It's a lot more. It's a lot more on you when you don't have quite the space to work in and quite the people. But you know that's why he has a honed in, a honed in uh, expectation of what he needs. So it's just it's a lot on you. You don't have the other guy to lean on as much when you're getting busy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, John, you mentioned when you came on last time, like. You know, you came into this without a lot of professional cooking experience. You did a lot of cooking for friends and stuff and then just kind of caught the bug and got into it versus Joe, who has like, you know, this extensive background. You guys have very different avenues into the cooking world. How do those different backgrounds kind of, you know, play into each other? Well, I, I think it's perfect because, like, I, I was saying the other day, it's like mad scientist, but I'm, like, the mad, and he's the scientist. So, like, <laughs> I come up with the crazy ideas that nobody would, you know, typically do, especially from, with a formally trained background, and he can he can help me execute it at a higher level. Um, you know, uh, like you said, I've had, I, I had no experience in a kitchen before, so I just went into it blind and had to figure everything out. So, um, you know, it was really tough to maintain a high-quality uh, especially when we started getting busier and it was all on me for the most part, you know, I was doing 95% of the cooking and, you know, then trying to get open for lunches and dinners. Cause then we transitioned from, uh, you know, just doing events and stuff that I had planned out to now we're open five days a week, you know, two shifts a day typically. So, uh, that, that was another transition that was, uh, really tough, but just kind of kept my head down and kept pushing. But now that, I have him, I can focus on the things that I'm good at, which is essentially just creating and promoting and actually growing the business. Cause I haven't had a chance to look up in the past nine months, you know, I just had my head down grinding. And so now with him, it's just going to be such a huge um, opportunity to take this to the next level and, and grow. Can you guys give me an example of that mad scientist dynamic? Well, just, I mean, the, like the, we first, day, the, the first day I worked with you, <laughs> yeah. he, uh, I was actually finishing my last day at my uh, previous job and he calls me and, Hey, can you make a hollandaise? Of course I can make a hollandaise. He's like, Oh, can you make a pickled jalapeno relish? Of course. So I bring the hollandaise from my kitchen over to his and we make the jalapeno relish. Then he didn't quite give me the full compass of what we were doing, but he's like, we're going to use a smoked pork. We're going to use this jalapeno shell. And also we put together that pork Benny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The burrito. Yeah. And that was just literally him kind of telling me about each component and I made it and he put it together, took the pictures and we had, I don't know, 15, 20 people in line for it the next day at uh, 10 Mm AM. So little things like that are exciting where he kind of, he does have a great vision. I honestly don't know how he did it for this long. (laughs) Like I came from a world of, of very high volume and what this man has done over the past nine months and, and still stands up and comes into work each day is very impressive. Cause I mean, we've been, we've been rocking even the week I've been with him and it, it takes some, it takes some effort. It takes some effort to get the days out properly. Mm-hmm. And he was doing it for a while by himself. So I'm, I'm honestly in awe of that. And I think that's <clears throat> been the most fun part just to watch this from afar is when I had you on the first time, you know, Wonton Johns was still, I think the truck was only like a month, month and a half old or something. You'd been doing some events and stuff going back several months, but the concept of the truck was still very new and it it was still catching on, but it wasn't like really known to the general public. I think it was more, you know, an interest where people would see it and be like, what's this now? 
it's a thing where I'm seeing on, you know, Facebook or Instagram, you guys are selling out early. There's a line, you know, 20 deep. Like it's just been so fun to see, like just how fulfilling is that John to see your dream, like really flourish, even in a time where it seems like that should be impossible. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about. Like I said, I mean, I've just had my head down, so I haven't really got a chance to really sit and just like take it in. We're, shutting the truck down for Labor Day and taking a little break. So hopefully then I can kind of just like revel in it. Yeah. Uh, it's been exciting. And uh, I mean, we're not, we're not going to stop either. We've got plans. I've already got another concept in mind for another food truck. So um, we're, I, it's, it's just a really exciting time. And I'm so happy that people enjoy it and support. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's what I enjoy most is feeding people and just watching their reactions when they eat my food. You know, it's just like, I'll just look up, look out the truck. And now, now that we're in a setting to where we have the patio, uh-huh. like, it, you know, a lot of it was to go, which is, which is fun um, for the first couple months, but it's, it's a lot better to be able to watch people's reaction and just seem like nod their head or, you know, smile after they take a bite or you can read their lips and they're like, Oh, that's good. You know, uh-huh. that's, that, that's, that's why I do it. That's the fun part. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Now we, now we have regulars, you know, we have people that order from us three, four times a week and it's just crazy. I never thought like my, my menu wasn't designed for that. My menu was designed for events, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so to see it kind of take off in a different setting than I originally planned, you know, th- this isn't what I planned on my business looking like uh, a year ago when I was planning it out. You know, my business plan is irrelevant at this point. So <laughs> it, it's been cool. And we're just going with the flow, riding the wave and, um, you know, We'll go wherever it takes us. So now you mentioned bringing Joe on. That's going to free you up to kind of do some more promotional, you know, kind of maybe some more like big picture activities. What does that look like exactly? Uh, well, uh, like we we just got a new menu board, which is awesome because I got it, it. It helps people realize what wontons are because I've got like a little slideshow with yeah. the photos of the wontons, so people are more engaged. And you know, we can explain it to somebody, but until you actually see it you know, you don't really know what it is. Mm-hmm. And so that, that helps. And, you know, it, it, and, and just different things like that, actually growing the business, whether that's doing another wonton truck or buying another, you know, starting another concept or, um, and there's just lots of different directions we could take this in. And, uh, now I have time to focus on that and kind of evaluate, you know, where we should go next. And, um, it, it, it's tough because people don't realize like keeping up on the social media game is, is it's work. hard. Yeah. You know, it, it takes, it takes time and it takes to, to do it properly and to get people's attention and to get people to engage and things like that and catch their eye. Like you can't just like slap a post real quick and, and move on with your day. It's like to do it well. Um, you have to have time in the day and there's days where, you know, we were a little bit slower because I wasn't able to do promotions and things like that. But now that I'll be able to stay on top of that and actually grow the business, hopefully, you know, we've been busy, but we could be busier. So, um, yeah. So hopefully I can get more people to try my wontons and most, we we haven't had too many complaints. So as long as people try it, I think we'll continue to grow. Uh huh. My, my experiences have been fantastic. So I think, yeah, definitely people should get out and try it, but Joe, I need your perspective here. When you first heard of this concept of we're going to make like open face wontons, we're going to put pulled pork and cheeseburgers and eggs benedict and stuff in there. What what was your reaction to that? Well, I've I've always 
appreciated the cooking game because there's it's silly to knock anything before you try it. So, right. And I have actually had his food, not the wonton style, but I knew he was a really good cook mm-hmm. at heart. So uh, when he was creating this concept, I was fortunate enough to have a very large kitchen to uh, to invite him into to see some of the prep happen. So we were kind of doing our thing, and I could kind of see out of the corner of my him doing his thing. And we were really interested. And then obviously some of my cooks would gravitate around and be like, well, hey, what's going on here? And, uh-huh. and we'd kind of watch him build it. And everybody, t- you know, he'd let, be kind enough to let us take some bites. And the more we ate it, the more we saw what he was doing. Everybody was, even my cooks got excited about it. So it was exciting because you could, as a trained chef or cook, I mean, it's pretty much a blank canvas. You know, you could, you could create a, mm-hmm. you could create a composed dish in one bowl. And now these people can have four different composed dishes in a plate and have a wide variety of food for, you know, under 15 bucks. Uh-huh. So that's what, that's what I thought was really cool about it. But, you know, I was, uh, I did not knock it. I just watched him keep doing his thing and he kept pumping out a new wonton and the, the locks are the, the everything wonton and the ranch wontons out of this world. You could eat by yourself. Yeah. And then of course we put fantastic toppings on it. It's even better. So it was, uh, it was interesting, but we watched him do his thing and I really didn't have any questions. I mean, I knew it was going to, I knew it was going to be great. Yeah. So I think that is just one of the most beautiful things about food is that humans have been eating for thousands of years. And just when you think you've seen everything and you've been exposed to everything, you see something totally new and you're just like, what is this? What is is this wonton with the cheeseburger patty in it? And it's delicious and it's awesome. And you're just like, how has no one thought of this before? Like, Someone probably has somewhere, but yeah. it's just like the concept is so it's foreign at first, but then you try it and you're just like, this, this makes all the sense in the world. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's just that crunch that you get all the way through. Yeah. That's what everybody that's ever sampled it. It's just that texture you get throughout each bite. I really like as again, as a canvas that you can build off of. And he's obviously has a great start on his current menu. So mm-hmm. now, how, how do you guys balance like creating the wontons that everyone really likes versus kind of experimenting and creating new ones and trying to figure out what's going to work. Like you've had some ones recently, like an elote wonton, an avocado toast wonton, a crab rangoon wonton. How, how much are you kind of experimenting versus just sticking with the classics that you know are going to sell? Uh, well, I mean, I'm constantly thinking of new ideas, but as he's found out in the past week, it's tough to keep up with all the prep that's required because it's a very prep heavy menu, uh, to keep up with that and still be able to pump out specials is not always, um, easy to do it, you know, the, the, the time's just not there so uh now that he's he's kind of learned my process and what i expect and he he can t- kind of take over that stuff and then we can uh create a little bit more time to experiment but uh I'm, i've just kind of been putting out like some heavy hitters to try and get people to come try them like the the crab rangoon you know a lot of people um i'm i'm cr- trying to get things out there that people really like and mm-hmm. just putting it in a wonton shell so that maybe they'll come try it and try a few other things along with it. Um, you know, like the, the Lote wonton, you know, that sold out really quick and that's, it's just kind of a hot ticket item, you know, anywhere at any restaurant, you know, yeah. it's kind of a fad. So, um, you know, I thought it, and, and it was really good. Like the shell was awesome. So I just want people to come try that. And then that's the nice part is they get something familiar and then they can try something else too. And, you know, we've got like the locks of love and the poke, which um, aren't our best sellers, but when people try them, mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh my gosh, those are so good!" And they and the, the mushroom ceviche, like it's probably the one we sell the least of. But when people try it, most people really like it. So it, it 
becomes one of their regular wontons that they order. So. That locks of love. That that yeah. And I will admit that surprised me. Like when my wife and I came, I think we ordered, you know, seven or eight different ones, and that was probably one of the ones that of everything we ordered, I was least excited about. And I think it might've been my favorite because it was my, it, it, my favorite. It was just, also it was like favorite. so sneaky good. Yeah. It's just like, Oh man, this is something special here. Yeah. It's really good. That's that, that's one of the original ones too. Mm-hmm. That was one of the original four that we did. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I love that one. That one's so good. Okay. Now we have to talk about the wonton that kind of breaks the mold and it gets away from that, you know, crispy baked shell and goes a little bit more into the dessert lane. And that's the apple pie Cineton. Mm. Because if my favorite wasn't the locks of love, it's that one. Yeah. It is it is apple pie in like its own bowl. It's crazy. I don't really even know how to explain it. Like when you're doing all these savory dishes, where did that idea come from? And did you have any idea it would be this good? Uh I know. I, I really didn't. I mean, I knew it would be good, but I didn't know it'd be like it would blow people's minds like that. So, uh, that it, it's, it's exciting. We're starting to sell more and more and more of those, especially now that I got the menu board that I'm talking about, cause it's got a really nice picture of one and people, yeah, you, you can see them just like it. stand up uh-huh. from their table when they see the picture and like, we want those. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I can't wait to do more dessert ones. The dessert ones are fun. I did for one of my first pop up, uh, my first pop up ever, I tried to do a dessert and it didn't, I wasn't able to execute as well as I'd like to, but, uh, it was a uh, two waffle bowls, like waffle Ooh, cone bowls, yeah, caramel in the middle, and then pumpkin cheesecake with a chocolate drizzle on top. It was really good, uh, but the waffle bowls didn't hold up. They got kind of soggy, so it was more like a taco. You know, <laughs> but but, the, but those are really good. So um, that that's honestly like the biggest thing with having Joe on board now is like we'll be able to pump out so much more stuff because I just I just didn't have the time to really create like I wanted to and it's really endless possibilities in terms of what we can do dessert wise I mean as long as we can turn it into a little cup we can put it on a menu you know so there's there's just endless possibilities it's really exciting so I, I dream about it now I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like wait Jot it down. Yeah. Go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to ask you, like, what kind of what's your approach between like being creative and, you know, coming in with a fresh mind and having ideas that maybe John hasn't thought of before versus, you know, it is his concept. It's just, you know, executing kind of what he's what he has in mind or, or, you know, having him come in and say, hey, I thought, you know, maybe about this Elote wonton. You're like, oh, yeah, I can make that kind of what's that balance behind executing and the creativity oh it is it is obviously keeping that balance because uh too much creativity can get you in trouble during service so Mm -hmm. we got to make sure it's actually probably him bringing me back down to earth sometimes where i'm like hey let's do this this and this and he's like well let's remember (laughs) we're probably going to have 30 other orders and make sure we uh execute this properly so that's definitely the balance that we have but honestly the past week has just been me really kind of keeping my head down and finding out how and why he's been so successful over these past couple of months, especially by himself. So I want to make sure that I can make him feel comfortable. I don't want him worrying about how many wontons we have. I don't want him worrying about, do we have sour cream for dinner service? So this week has been me really focusing on what he needs and what he wants. Mm -hmm. But obviously as we get more comfortable, we can have conversations at the end of the shift where it's like, Hey, let's try this next week. Let's try this next week. So every day is actually getting a lot more, uh, 
I have a lot more enthusiasm working with them each day. Mm-hmm. But the first couple days, I, I can't lie, I've worked for some high-end chefs, and this man has very high expectations. <laughs> <laughs> I keep my mouth shut, but I've been yelled at numerous times, and I respect that because he wants it right. So, uh, yeah, we actually, with that said, that creates a really good balance. By the end of the day, we're usually uh, talking and, and jiving about what we can do for next week and how we can start promoting it. So that's what that's what really gets me inspired. I haven't actually felt that in a couple of years. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did brunch become part of the equation? Because that's uh, something that wasn't really, for like the first three or four months, that wasn't something you guys offered. Uh, well, we've we've done some brunch pop-ups yeah. before the truck. Uh, and brunch has always been on my radar just because I feel like there's a big demand for it in Omaha. A lot of places you go, you're waiting 45 minutes for a table and then you wait another 45 minutes for your food. Yeah. You know, especially on the weekends. So there's definitely... Uh, a gap to fill there. And I feel like a food truck brunch is just kind of like that perfect little niche where people can order ahead. They get a text message, their food's ready. They can stay and eat. They can take it home. Um, so, and I love breakfast food. Like I can mm-hmm. eat breakfast food all day long, every day. Um, so I, and that, that's where I, originally I was going to do a breakfast burrito truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've always wanted to do it. And then, um, we started doing them. Actually our first truck event was a brunch event at Barrios. Um, so it wasn't even our wonton. So we did our first truck event on, but, uh, we're, we're going to start expanding it because the burritos have been gaining, uh, popularity. And, um, we, we go into a brunch with anywhere uh, between like 10 and 15 orders usually the, the, the day before mm-hmm. for our breakfast burrito. So we're going to start expanding that hopefully after Labor Day and uh, just do breakfast burritos, not our full brunch menu, but the breakfast burritos Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and then uh, do the full brunch menu on Sunday and make it kind of a more of an event type of deal. So That's awesome. And yeah, so for anyone who's listening and is wondering, like, first of all, breakfast burritos are amazing. Like you can have a bad breakfast burrito and it's still pretty darn good yeah. <laughs> because it's just, it's just so naturally good. But the goat, the greatest of all time, yeah. breakfast burrito, what you call it is just, it's delicious. The combination of that chorizo and whatever hot sauce you put on there. I think you said last time it was a homemade hot sauce that you make. It's just yes. like this perfect sweet heat. Uh, it made me so happy. It was just absolutely <laughs> delicious. Yeah. So is that like your, I remember last time when you came on, you said, you know, kind of how you got into cooking is you would, you would make burritos for people. Was mm-hmm. the goat kind of like your signature yeah. thing? That's how you got into this? Yeah. Definitely. That's uh, yeah. And that's why, that's why I named it that I was, I was going to name it like the one or like, I I had a few other ideas, but everybody that's ever tried it, tried it is like, damn, it's the best breakfast burrito I've ever had. Uh So uh, I just called it the goat, you know, I grabbed people's attention too. So uh, yeah, that that sauce is killer with the, with the chorizo and when it just mixes with everything else. As a classically trained chef, when I was lucky enough to get the uh, recipe on a secret (laughs) sauce, I was like, okay. That, this uh, is why like, it works. And that's why sometimes when you get your mind out of that uh, classic and, you know, culinary school mindset, you know, you can create greater and bigger things. And he definitely did that with that recipe. It was It's very interesting. But, man, the outcome is is what you're looking for. So, yeah. Can you kind of tell me more about that, Joe? Because I think I, I've kind of heard that idea before is that sometimes, you know, when you when you're in that culinary lane and you go to culinary school and you, and you work in professional kitchens and everything, you kind of just you get in this, this lane and you know, you don't, it's, it's hard to get out of it necessarily. And then when you come from a background like John's where it's, you know, not classically trained, but you know, he's just kind of doing his own thing. He has, 
he has no boundaries. He has right, all this creativity. Right. What is it like for you to kind of get out of that lane and just have this whole road to work with now? Well, it's helpful because like, I think for th this uh, Sunday, for instance, there was a couple things that I felt we didn't get out as well as we could the first time I worked with him mm -hmm. and still sticking to his recipes. We found a different cooking method to get it out oh, okay. and still create uh, obviously less of a mess, more quantity and also better, better quality in the end. Mm -hmm. So that's, what's exciting is that seeing his brain work and kind of my classically trained and, you know, just procedural mind be like, Hey, let's try it this way. And it's like, Oh, well that worked and made today a lot easier than last week. Uh -huh. So, uh, that's, that's definitely what's been making us. I feel like we're going to get even more successful as the weeks go on is cause, uh, we kind of just work with each other. I see how he did it and he's been doing it very well, but there's a couple things we did at the end that made this weekend even easier. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, and then it also makes me think I go home and have my beverage and you know, your mind wanders and I'm like, man, maybe I didn't think of it that way. Or, uh -huh. So it's, it, it's nice. Cause then it also helps my brain expand and, you know, work in other ways it hasn't in a while. Right. So um, John, when you came on back in early April, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but like your future was very uncertain, I would yeah. say. I mean, COVID had just hit. We didn't really know what that meant yet. Heck, we still don't really even know what right. that means, but it evolves every day. But it, it was like you had just started this food truck and things were looking great, but then this pandemic hits and you didn't know exactly what was going on, what the future looked like. How has the truck evolved over these past couple months? And could you... If you look back at that time, could you ever have seen this kind of success coming in such an uncertain period? Uh, to be honest, yeah, because I, I just knew I would just grind through it. Like, yeah. You know, um, I, there was no way I was giving it up. I think I even said that, you know, on the mm -hmm. last podcast. It just I wasn't going to let it fail. Um, and it evolved in ways that I never imagined, though, because, like I said, it was a my, my whole menu was designed for events. I wanted to do music festivals and things like that. And obviously who knows when those will come back. But, yeah. um, so we started going to neighborhoods and that's why I said, I, I was on the podcast right before we went to our first neighborhood and then that just blew up and, you know, we, we kill it in the neighborhoods and people love it. They have fun. It's kind of a, you know, nice outdoor kind of gathering for people. Um, and it's definitely gotten my food in front of a lot of people that otherwise probably would have never tried my food had we not been parked in their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So um, it's got, it's, it definitely, COVID, and people will say like, oh, COVID probably helped you, huh? And I'm like, not really. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't Hard call it help, but it, there definitely, you know, is some bright sides to it. Um, but like I said, the, it, my main goal is to get people to try it. You know, mm -hmm. if they try it and they don't like it, okay. But if most people like it, so I just want, I just want people to try it because something unique, um, you know, it's, and a lot of people like to stick to what they know. So mm -hmm. going into the neighborhoods where you're the only show in the neighborhood and it's kind of a, a unique thing for the, for the people that live there, um, they're more likely to try the wontons rather than if they just came to trucks and taps, you know, and there's the big green Q and the dire lion who do more familiar fare. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so the, it got people to try it that wouldn't normally try it, I think, which is a really good thing. And I, I want to, to make a note here for anyone who's, you know, thinking about trying wonton Johns or something and is being very cautious and is like, eh, I don't know if I want to get in a, line at a food truck with a lot of people that's not the case with right. wonton johns you can place your order online and 
you just show up at the designated time. When you say you're going to show up, you pay online, you get your order. Like both times I've come, I think I've been on site like a total of three minutes. It's just show up, grab the bag, get in the car and go. Or you you can stay at Trucks and Taps and and eat if you're comfortable. But if you're not, it's totally safe. And I think that that's really cool. Now, I want to get into Trucks and Taps because this is like a really cool new concept to Omaha. And I'm so excited you guys get to be a part of it now. Uh, For people who aren't aware, this is kind of like a it's housed in a former Sonic drive-in off of 108th and Q. And basically it's just like, it's turned into, it's kind of like an open parking lot where there's, uh, you know, kind of a canopy on top. So people can sit at like picnic style tables and eat There are drinks available. And then there are also several food trucks parked there, you know, so you can go and get a variety of different things. How did Trucks and Taps come on your radar? How did you get involved with that? Um, I actually met with Scott, uh, who owns the Piccolo's food truck, mm-hmm. and he's the head of the Omaha Food Truck Association. So before I even got my food truck, I went and met with him and uh, bought him breakfast. We went to Vidlax, uh, which is a good place, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and he, I kind of, I, I already had the idea. Like, that, that was something that I wanted to do was, like, a food truck, you know, court essentially mm-hmm. yeah that's a, bar, a great a bar and stuff. great way to describe it a food um, court yeah and then he's like well there's already a couple guys that are you know starting something pretty similar to like what you're talking about and gave me kevin the owner of big green q's number and so i called kevin in december i was like i don't have a food truck yet but like i have this this is exactly what i want to do and like i want to get on board with what you guys are doing and they didn't even have the building yet um and I didn't have a food truck. So, you know, he's he's probably like, yeah, yeah, everybody says they're getting a food truck, you know. But uh, And then I got back in touch with them after they uh, took over the the Sonic building in January and stayed in touch and stayed in touch. And um, finally, they really got things going in March, and we signed the lease in May. And uh, so it's us, the Dire Line, the Big Green Q, are like the resident food trucks, and we mm-hmm. use it as our commissary kitchen. Um, so it's really, really nice setup. Um, and then we've got... Quite a few guest trucks coming in this month. We've already had a few, um, but I know like Curry and Moore and um, Piccolo's and uh, I forgot who else they have coming in, but pretty much every Friday and Saturday there'll be four trucks. That's awesome. Joe, what is it about trucks and taps that makes it special? Like why has no one else tapped into that concept in Omaha? I don't know. Maybe it's just because we haven't, I mean, there's few... I guess venues you could find an actual commercial kitchen along with parking mm-hmm. for five to six food trucks and a bar. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's just not many venues like that. Now everybody's going to look at Sonic's a little differently, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just cool. And then even going back there, I mean, just kind of when you're doing some prep, you're jiving with, you know, two or three other restaurants with completely different menus. And mm-hmm. you know, so it's even, it's just a cool environment and back talk with a lot of the cooks. Cause they're, you know, you can smell some hickory rolling from big green Q and you can smell some uh, tartar sauce over on, dire lions and we're sitting there baking wontons so it's really cool in the back because it's a really it's a good dynamic of you know there's a lot of good cooks back there so to me that's also very exciting but it's just a unique venue i mean you're not going to see a kitchen bar slash parking lot like that unless mm-hmm. it's you know the efforts were made to make a make a design like that so mm-hmm. it's just it's just very very unique okay i just something that i wish we would have talked about last time and we didn't and i'm excited we get to talk about it now is just the concept of a food truck in general 
Like there's just, I can't even really put my finger on it, but there's something just about food trucks that is just like magical. If you just say something is being served out of a truck, somehow it sounds like 10% better. And I can't describe why just for you guys, what is like the magic experience of a food truck? I happen to live on 22nd in Deer Park uh, for a majority of my 20s. And me and my roommates probably ate Dos De Oros about seven times a week. <laughs> and every time it was special. I don't know what it was. It's just walking up to the truck, seeing all the options, all the condiments. I, I don't know what the allure is, but it, it just feels different than walking into uh-huh. the store and going to a register. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always had love for food trucks in that aspect. So talking to him along the way is really exciting to hear about the potential. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just a cool concept. You know, it's not... You're not going into a restaurant. It's it's less formal, um, which kind of makes it a little more fun. And there's usually a pretty good variety. You know, there's all kinds of food that comes off of trucks, and it's it's and until you work on one, you don't realize like how difficult it is to actually execute at a high level off of a truck. So I have a I have a whole new respect for everybody that's ever worked on a food truck. Uh-huh. Um, it is it's pretty wild and you, I mean there's not a lot of space in there. Um, there's a lot that can go wrong. You know, you don't have a water hookup, you don't have an electric hookup. Well we do now, but you know when you have a generator like there's there's just so much that can go wrong. So the amount of work that people put into it, I think I think the most exciting part about it is anybody that's working on a food truck has to be super passionate about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that carries over, and that's part of the excitement and the allure to food trucks. So what, as consumers, what are we not understanding about working on a food truck that makes it so difficult? Uh, well, I mean, you you have to be super prepared because you don't have a walk-in full of food like mm-hmm. you don't have um there your generator can go out like if it, your pos might not work because where you park doesn't have good you know hot spot signal mm-hmm. and there's just there's a lot of challenges that you don't necessarily realize until you're in it and then you have to figure out a solution to that problem on the spot with a lot less resources than a full restaurant mm-hmm. um so you you know you have what you brought and that's it. Like, and you have to be open by a certain time. People are expecting, you know, food by a certain time. So, um, there, you know, there, there's things that could take up a half hour of the, the setup time and you're, you're setting up your full kitchen every time. Cause you got to put everything away uh-huh. and strap it all down. You're not just walking in and firing up a grill and ready to go. I mean, so, some trucks do, but ours, um, we have all countertop equipment, so we have to like strap it down, put it under the counters and then bring it back out and set it up. But, um, there's, there's just so much that can go wrong. And if you forget a, you know, an ingredient for one of the menu items, if you leave it behind and all of a sudden you're short a menu item, which, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and then the rest of the food that you prepped for that item is no good. And then, um, you know, my, like my refrigerator has tripped on me twice and I lost all my food, you know? So it's just, uh, yeah, there's just a lot that can go wrong. The, pro- so. the problems are magnified yeah. if, if there is one, but we try to prevent them. Yeah. Was there a little bit of a shock for you, Joe, coming yes. into that this first week? Yes. Absolutely. I believe his exact words were, this is not a regular kitchen job. Yeah, I was like, this is not how regular cooks work. But again, it, it makes you really strong. So I think your average line cook that's used to a full line with a walk-in and, you know, if one of your reach-ins go down, you can work off another one. Like, that's not the case here. Mm-hmm. That's not the case here. And it's just, you got to be on point if you want the food to go out right. And like he said, you're pretty much flipping and setting a line each service and each day mm-hmm. and breaking it down completely. 
Like, it's not like you take your grill in a in a hotel and put it underneath. You know, like, you're fully doing that every time. Mm-hmm. And then also making sure your food's fresh and prepped up. So, yes, it was definitely a little bit of a shock. But I'm sure that there are positives as well. Like, there are things that you come out of a kitchen that you're frustrated with, and you get on the food truck, and you're like, oh, thank God, this isn't the case anymore. Is there is there anything like that? Well, at the same time where problems are magnified, I would say your successes are also magnified because yeah. you could – still pump out like high quality ingredients with the smaller, you're not going to have to buy as much. You're not going to yeah. have to order as much. You know, you, you can work with, you know, less worries in that aspect. So yeah, there's definitely a balance. There's a definitely a balance like that. One of my favorite things about the Omaha food scene is I feel like it's so connected, like chefs and restaurateurs from different restaurants. Like it's just like this giant spider web. Like everyone knows someone else. Like you know, everything is six degrees of separation, maybe even like two or three degrees. It feels like, is it like that in the food truck community too? Like are, are food trucks very connected? Is there kind of a camaraderie? Is it more separate? Uh, there, there is, there's the Omaha food truck association. So, uh, I know those guys, uh, connect pretty well, but I, I, I believe that that does exist. I just, uh, I'm not quite a part of it yet because I feel like a lot of food truck owners meet each other because they work events and things like that together. And we haven't had that. Like, yeah. you know, we events didn't have don't the exist. food truck festivals or just music festivals where there's multiple church trucks. So that's another thing about taps that I'm excited is all these other trucks are going to come through and I'll get a chance to talk to them and, you know, learn about their food and their menu and, you know, just pick their brains and just, you know, like I said, anybody who's running a food truck is, has to be super passionate. Otherwise they wouldn't be getting on a food truck in mm-hmm. August, uh, you know, so yeah. it's, it's hot, it's hot on a <laughs> yeah, I so, you know, you gotta love what you're doing to be doing it. So I'm just excited to talk about or talk to people that are, and meet people that are, you know, passionate about the same thing that I am. So. Mm-hmm. And Joe, you mentioned another food truck earlier, but I want to kind of open it up to you guys. Obviously when people have want to like scratch that food truck itch, they should come to Wonton John's. Of course. But if on, you know, just the rare occasion that they want to try another one, what are some of you guys' favorite food trucks that you like to hit up in your time off? Like I said, I don't want to name drop, but uh, Dos de Oros has a special place in my heart. Yeah. It fed me and my friends for many, many years. Uh, that's definitely my favorite. Uh, I probably haven't ventured out as much to the food trucks due to my, I was kind of out of town a lot traveling for my previous job, so I didn't really get a whole lot of the opportunities to see like the food truck rodeos and things like that. So I haven't got to try a lot of the new ones that have been coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I mean, I love those Oros too. But who doesn't? I mean, seriously, it's, it's really good. Um, but I mean, Pim's tie puts out really good food. Um, I, I haven't had a chance to try a lot of the food trucks either just cause I'm always on. You guys are working. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so, so it's, it's, and like, even, even when I have been at fairway and things like that, where there are other food trucks are just so busy that, you know, by the time you think, oh, we should have traded food or something like that, you know, everybody's got their stuff put away already and moving on. Cause they, they do food truck Fridays at fairway. If nobody's ever been to that, that's, that's a, that's a good event. Mm-hmm. There's usually three food trucks, and there's really, really good turnout. We've gotten um, a lot of support at the Fairway Food Truck Fridays. But I, I need to get out and try more food trucks. Do. It's just like we're Market open research. when they're open. So it's, mm, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the only thing, too, is, uh, you know, my only day off is Monday. Mm-hmm. And a lot of restaurants are closed on Monday, so, like, I can't try a lot of the places that I want to try because they're not even open. And 
when they are open, I'm open. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of catch 22, I guess, of running a food service business. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get to eat all the food you're passionate <laughs> about. So, but you get to create new food for your own, which yeah. is, which is always fun. Yeah. Uh, now I got to let you guys get out of here cause you got like charity work to do today. You got all kinds of cool stuff to do, but I need one more question here before you go. And that is, it, it's a tough question because I think your answer to this would have been very different, you know, three or four months ago when you came on than it is right now. But like, what's the future for wonton Johns? Do you just, and, and you kind of, hinted at this earlier when you talked about a second food truck concept and you can talk about that if you want, or you don't have to like, you know, we don't have to, you know, break any barriers or anything if we're not ready to announce anything, but like, do you just keep chugging along or ideas constantly popping in your head? Like what's the future? Oh yeah. Ideas are, it never stops. My, my brain does not shut off. So uh, I've got quite a few ideas of where we could take this and they're all viable options. I really do want to start another food truck concept because I, I get bored with things easily. Not that I'm bored with wontons. Like I said, <laughs> that's going to be the, I mean, it's a blank canvas. Uh-huh. So there's so much you can do with it. I don't think I'll ever get bored with it, but I do like to move on and create new things. And um, so I, I, I definitely, there is definitely another food truck concept in our future. Um, possibly, multiple so we've got <laughs> i've got some irons in the fire i've got some things working and i really like it like it at tap so you know if i can leave the wonton truck there and either get another one for the road or um start a whole new concept mm-hmm. you know i'm not sure which one's going to be next but gotcha. well, some something's happening before before spring so all right something to look forward yeah. to and then Joe, just from your perspective to, we'll, we'll get you guys out of here on this question, but now that you've kind of, you've been in this world now, you've kind of seen what it's like, how excited are you just to look ahead to the future and, and see what's next, what's going on in this guy's brain? It's very exciting considering <clears throat> that rest of my industry is pretty much on, you know, on eggshells right now. So and then yeah. watching him pretty much turn down business because he simply couldn't do it is very exciting. And now that I can empower him to be the thinker and the seller that he is, uh, and then make him comfortable not being in the kitchen every day. Like, I mean, the, the options are going to come. So, uh, yeah, just kind of keep learning what's made him successful. And I, I enjoy every day. So it's, it is really exciting watching, watching him think and watching him every day. Be like, Hey man, this, this, and this I was like, wow, that's a great idea. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's, let's keep working on that. So having that aspect of the end of your day is it's, it's a lot more empowering than just kind of clocking in, getting your job done and going home. So he, he definitely inspires me to come back the next day and keep looking up. So. Awesome. That's a great note to end on. And I just want to say from a personal perspective, this is just, it's so rewarding to end the podcast, like on this note versus the last time yeah. we ended it, it was kind of like not a downer, but it was almost like, oh, uh, well, yeah, we don't, like we, verge of tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't know what's coming next. That and now it's just, times. now it's just like, you know, we're talking about a second food truck. We're hiring you know, full-time chefs to come work. Like this is so exciting. And I'm so, so happy to see that you've not only, you know, pushed through the COVID barrier, but you're almost like flourishing because not because of it, but in spite of it, that's the word I was looking for. So I just want to say congratulations to both of you and uh, just best of luck in your futures. And thank you so much for taking the time today. This has been a lot of fun. I love coming here. It's fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. This is, this is interesting.
Very fun. It was very fun. Now you should have a microphone in front of your face. That's all I shoot for on this show. If guests are interested, then no, I, I've done something right. So yeah, thank you, know, you very much. Most chefs don't have a microphone in front of their face. So well, it was very I, fun. I want to change that. Very yeah. fun. But thank yeah, you. no, you are. This, the podcast is awesome, too. I listen to it as much as I possibly can. So I enjoy it. Like, and, and it's cool to get into the brains of other um, chefs and restaurateurs. It's. It's cool. So it's thanks now for on doing my, this. Now on my home thanks screen on Spotify. Oh, <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. You, I appreciate you coming in. And as always, Omaha, thanks for eating with us. A Parkville Media Production.